Before I jump into the message today that I want to share with you, I got to tell you a story that happened to me this week. Uh, Cynthia and I were at Target the other night. And uh, come on, how many of you, you, you grace your presence at Target every now and then? For some of you, you like to be fancy, so you call it Target. I just call it Target. And we were in there the other night, and we were heading to the checkout. And so far, so good. It's a quick trip. Can't stay too long because you'll spend all that money. And so going to the checkout, and uh, I was attacked from behind by a guy. And he puts his, I literally comes around my back and puts his face in mine and says, that's my bleeping church. Loud, loud. He's been watching us online. And uh, the last two weeks, we've been in a series called That's My Church. And he wanted to rename it. And he told me how fired up he was about his church. (laughs) So anyway, I just figured I'd share that for transparency purposes. There you go. Okay. All right, let's go to the Bible. Some of you are going to start saying things. I did have somebody, I told them that. They're like, oh, I want a shirt with that on it. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. All right, let's go to the Bible. We're going to go to the Old Testament today. Can you hang? Genesis chapter 32. And uh, last week we, we talked about this guy named Jacob. And um, just been thinking about him a little bit through the week. And uh, so today we're going to talk about him again. Genesis 32, verse 22 through 31. I'm going to read it. I'm going to tell you the title. And then we're going to break it down. Okay. It says, But he got up that same night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and waited over the ford of the Jabbok. And then he took them and sent them across the brook. And he also sent across whatever he had. So Jacob was left alone, watch this, and a man. And I want you to notice that man is capitalized. I'm going to break that down in a second. And a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint. And Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. A little tenacity. Come on, this guy, he's not soft. I like it. I'm not going to let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. So he asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he declared a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, the face of God, saying, For I have seen God face to face, yet my life has not been snatched away. Now the sun rose on him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping 
because of his hip. So today I'm going to speak a message called, I'm limping, but I'm winning. Yeah, I feel this one today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this awesome opportunity to be in your presence, to worship together with everyone here and those online, to hear from your word. But Father, we need you. And I ask your Holy Spirit to do the work that changes our lives, to do the work that gives us hope, to do the work that just helps us to see the possibilities of what you could do. Lord, fill this place. Help me to preach this message the way you want it done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Anyone in here wrestled in high school? Let me see your hand if you wrestled in high school. Oh, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Anyone wrestled in high school? Now we're talking to the right group of you. Any wrestlers in the house? Were you good? Come on. If you're raising your hand, were you good? Lance, were you good? You all right? Who else wrestled? Let me see. Buddy, you were pretty good? All right, let's go. Don, you wrestled. Were you good? State champ, huh? Not that good. Okay. All right. Who else wrestled? I know. I know. Got some more wrestled. Chad, you wrestled? You were good, huh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, got, we got a wrestling girl in the house today. Ashley Shaw wrestles at Childs. And uh, this girl here, she, she'll take you out. And I was going to bring her up today, and we were going to wrestle up here, but I wasn't going to do that to her. And I definitely wasn't going to let her do that to me. <laughs> yep. Um, so how many of y'all remember Mid-South Wrestling back in the day? Come on. Just one person? Anybody out in Mid-South Wrestling? Some of y'all are like, I don't know if I can raise my hand on this because this is borderline inappropriate, Pastor Wade. Mid-South Wrestling with the Junkyard Dog and the Rock and Roll Express. And what was his name? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Let's go, man. Now, this was before WWE and WWF and all that stuff. Uh, and I would watch wrestling on Saturday mornings with my cousins. We would all get together at my aunt's house, and we would watch the, 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 the Mid-South wrestling. And after it was over, we would convert the living room into a wrestling match. And we broke so many things, but it was some of the best days, man. I'm telling you, we would wrestle, and um, it was... It was so fun. Uh, when I had kids, my, my boys were little. I used to wrestle with them. When they were real little, I, I would pick them up and just body slam them on the bed. And Cynthia would freak out, and she would always tell me, you're going to break their neck. And I was like, no, we're not. They would just body slam. Come on, how many dads know what I'm talking about? You just pick them up and just slam them down. And the harder you do it, the more they laugh. I mean, just, Dad, do it again and do it harder. And then when you go on vacation and you're in the pool... Oh, man, it's on because you're not getting hurt in the pool, man. And so you're doing all the things in uh, uh, wrestling. And uh, now today the wrestling is more drama and soap opera than it is wrestling. And some of y'all, y'all like that stuff. But, uh, but as much as we liked wrestling back then and watching it on TV and seeing it all unfold, uh, there's a different kind of wrestling that's happening, that's happening in our lives now. Because we're wrestling with some things uh, that we didn't realize we were going to wrestle with. Like as adults. We didn't realize that as adults we would wrestle with things like fear. Yeah. Am I right? Didn't, didn't know that we would wrestle um, with fear. We just thought that was kid problems. Only to find out that as you get older, that stuff doesn't just go away because you added a few years. You still have to deal with it. Didn't know that we were going to wrestle with some anxiety 
didn't know we would wrestle with our career. Is this really what I want to do? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Did not know that we were going to wrestle in our relationships. Didn't know that. Like, when we got married, didn't know that there were going to be some times where there were going to be some intense conversations. Can we say it that way? We didn't know that, man. I mean, we, we didn't know that even later on that we would still be wrestling even with ourselves. Am I right? Like, like we knew there would be some challenges, but we didn't know that we would even wrestle with ourselves. And you could tell that people are wrestling with some things in their lives, that they're struggling with, with so much. And in this story, this guy Jacob, who we talked about last week that encounters God in a dream, which is pretty fantastic. Like, if I could pick the way I want to have an encounter, let's go with a dream. Now he's encountering God, but it's in a wrestling match. And at first I was like, that's kind of odd. Like, come on, God, why are you coming down and fighting with your people? But then I realized this is a lot more common than what we want to say because we wrestle with God a whole lot. Like, I'll give you an example. When God asks us to do something that we just, like, I don't do that. I don't want to do that. Let's get it on. We begin to wrestle. And we're just like, if I, I believe if I wrestle long enough, God will finally leave me along with it. And, and many of us have been wrestling many rounds. And it's like, he ain't letting go. We've been wrestling. Wrestling with him over and over. And Jacob, he's wrestling God. And what's interesting is God, again, is trying to tell him who he can be. This is the second episode in Jacob's life where God is trying to convince him, hey, buddy, I love you. I'm trying to get you to see that there is greatness within you. But you have been fighting with everybody all of your life. Your whole life has been a struggle. You've been fighting with your brother. You've been fighting with your dad. You've been fighting with everybody to try to get this blessing. And here God is trying to deliver the blessing to him. But this guy, he is wired to fight. He is wired to wrestle the very thing, the very one that he's been trying to get his entire life. This has become the usual routine because anything good that has ever entered into his life, it happened as the result of a fight. So anything, he, he's developed the mindset that I've got to fight for it in order to get it. And here's God just trying to give it to him. I'm just trying to tell you. And he's like, no, I want to fight you for it. And you don't have to fight me. I just want to give it to you. No, I'm a fighter. Let's get it on. He wanted to wrestle. He wanted to wrestle with God. He's struggling all of his life with jealousy. He was jealous of his, oldest, his older brother, who was born just seconds before him. But that jealousy turned into rivalry, and it turned into envy, and it turned into lying and deceiving and tricking people to try to get what his brother has for himself. And you look at the story and you say, that's sad that someone would do that. I, I just pray that doesn't happen in my family. And yet, we live in a world where this is how they're operating. In business, that's how they're operating. It's a fight. And we're not sure as believers how to do that because we just think because I follow Jesus, I'm not supposed to fight. 
And I think we lost some of the fight that we were supposed to have. Can I get an amen? Seriously? And there are times where we do need to turn the other cheek. Can I get an amen? There are. Like at the house, you need to turn the other cheek. But there are some things that we do need to fight that we do need to throw a punch. Thank you for that one. There are some times where we do need to turn the cheek, but there are some times, and I'm not, listen, don't go and fight somebody in the restaurant after church. If you think that's what I'm saying, you need help. It's not what we're talking about. Go watch reruns of Mid-South Wrestling and get over it, okay? I'm not talking about going to throw a punch at somebody, but I think there are some issues at the house that we could throw a punch at. I think there are some issues that we're dealing with personally that we need to throw a punch at. Am I right? I'm serious. I think there are some things that we we need to step up and fight, and there are some things that we're fighting that we need to quit fighting and turn the other cheek. Amen? Amen. So this guy, Jacob, he's been wrestling with everything, and he's wrestling with everyone, and now he's wrestling with God. And what I can't tell in this story is this. This is what I can't tell. I can't tell if Jacob was that strong or if God just let him win. I can't tell that. I'm, I'm trying to like diagnose it to see like, was Jacob really that strong? Because like, I know some strong-willed people, man. I'm telling you, hard-headed like, like, like a rock. Some of y'all are sitting next to him right now. Might be looking at him right now, too. I'm talking just, but I can't figure out if, and it's hard for you to hear that because some of y'all are like, no, my God is undefeated. You can't tell. I don't know, man. I just think that there's a possibility he was that strong, but there's also the possibility that God just let him win. And I've learned that sometimes God will let you win to prove his point. I have learned that. And you say, how did you learn that, Pastor Wade? I learned that the hard way. (laughs) They didn't teach me that in Bible school. I learned that through the old school. Just trying to do it my way all the time. And it's almost, and you know, you've reached that point as a parent. Okay. Do it. Some of you, I just helped you with your parenting. (laughs) Okay. Do it. And what happens when you try is like, oh, I can't do this. I need help. And every parent wants to say, I know, I've been trying to tell you that, but we're wise and we're smart and we don't say that. Again, helping you with some parenting. So sometimes God will let you win to prove a point to you, but that doesn't mean that you're right. And that's the hard part because we think that winning means I'm right. But God will let you win to prove a point to you. God will let you do it to the point where you realize, I can't do it. I need help. I believe this is one of the areas where we wrestle so much with our lives because we want to make sure that we are strong. We want to make sure that everybody knows, oh, I am strong. But really, we're not that strong. And we need God's help. Can I get an amen? Amen. And today, what I want to do is I want to take a few moments to minister to you. Now, this is going to be different a little bit. Because many sermons have practical application. 
And we're, we're so eager for it. Give it to me. Let me write it down. Just tell me step by step all the things that I need to do. And we have so many notebooks full of all the things that we need to do that we don't even know where to get started with all that we need to do. Amen? We have so much information. We have so much Christian content. But at the same time, we need so much ministry. This is something I'm learning. We have so much information, so much content, but we need ministry. We're leaning so much towards influencers, but we need ministers. We need some hands-on ministry and not just through the screen influencing. Seriously. And I'm not against those things. I'm just saying that we can't just go one-sided with it. We need the hands-on kind of ministry in our lives. And so today what I want to do is I want to take some time to minister to you. If you're trying to take notes, I would encourage you, don't. Because what I'm going to share with you in these moments today will minister to your heart more than what you can write down. And if you want to write it down, you can watch it this week. You can go on YouTube and watch it and write down all the stuff, okay? We have so much good information, but we need God's power in our lives, y'all. I'm serious. We need the power of God in our life. We got some good explanations of the scripture and all that, but we need some God encounters in our lives too. Can I get an amen? And we've got all these good practices that we have been learning, learning, and learning, and learning, but we got to have some time in God's presence. And there is no substitute for these things. And so when you look at this guy, Jacob, and we rewind back to last week, we know that he's Abraham's grandson, Abraham, the father of the faith. I mean, you're talking about growing in a, growing up in a family with what? No pressure on you. Am I right? We're talking about the pinnacle of the old Testament covenant. It's all about Abraham. And this is his grandfather. And then his dad is Isaac. Isaac is the promised son that took forever to finally be born. And so my daddy's got a story. My grandfather's got a story. Who am I? I'm just Jacob. And I'm not even the oldest. And the birthright goes to the oldest. And so I just got to fake it till I make it and try to make something great out of myself. But I got to do something with my life because I believe I'm more than that. This is where Jacob is in his life. And he is fighting and he is striving because he wants to be blessed. But the blessing that he wants, you can't work for it. You cannot earn it. And this is so hard because so many people in their careers are trying to earn the kind of blessing that that cannot come through finances and it cannot come from another sale and it cannot come from another conference and it cannot come through a new position. The blessing that they're looking for comes only from the Father because it's a blessing of favor, which is so much different than riches. It is so much different. It's amazing how people build their lives and they try to gain so many riches only to be missing the favor of God and feel like they have nothing. And other people look at them saying, you got everything. And I say, I don't have one thing that I'm looking for. I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to find it. I'm striving for it. I'm working for it. I will fight you for it. And I don't even know what it is. And this is where Jacob is in his life. He's just striving to be blessed. And he wrestles with his brother Esau all the way from the womb. 
In fact, his name, Jacob, it means heel grabber. He was holding on to the heel of his brother as he was coming through the birth canal. He was ready to fight from the beginning. And he fought with his brother. He fought with his father in a dark room while he was stealing his brother's blessing. And then he fights with God. The audacity of this guy. He's trying to be blessed. Don't know what it is, but I know it's more than what I got. He wanted to get something, to earn something, to take something that only God could give. Can I tell you how many families are in trouble because they're trying to get something from a family member that only God can give them? Trying to get something from a spouse that only God can give them. Trying to get something out of a career that only God can give them. And we're just fighting and striving and stepping on each other, trying to get to it. This was Jacob. He struggled relationally. And he deceived people, manipulated them, tricked them. And then when he got married, he was tricked because the girl he was supposed to marry got swapped at the wedding. You think your family's crazy. <laughs> Am I right? You're like, Pastor, wait, what Bible are we reading? The Bible, that's the one. God put it all in there, every bit of it. I think he put some of it in there to make us feel a little bit better about ours. You know what I'm saying? Thank the Lord. He wanted to marry Rachel. But he actually married Leah. Wife swap. But then I thought about how we would describe it. Oh, you know, Jacob, what comes around goes around. Am I right? You've been doing it to people all your life. Of course that's going to happen to you. And some of the people would say, that's good for you. That's the people that call it wrestling, by the way. <laughs> good for you. And so now... He's trying to bring this family that he has because it's years later and he's still fighting with something from his childhood. It's years later. And he's trying to take his family to a safe place because he's about to meet with his brother for the first time since he stole the birthright. Come on, it might be a fight. And he didn't want his family to be around to see all of that, so he brought him to a safe place. But he went back to the camp. And it's at this camp where he's all alone and then God, in the form of an angel, meets with him there. This is a lonely place where he's all by himself. It's just him and God. When was the last time you got to the place where it was just you and God? Where it was quiet. Where there was nothing else. It was just you and God. I think we're afraid of that place. Because we don't know how God's going to be. In fact, we don't know how we're going to be in that place. And so let's put the music on. Let's turn the TV on. Let's keep the phone on. Let's keep people around us to keep our mind, our everything occupied just in case. I can't handle the moment. Sometimes meeting with God feels like wrestling with him. It does. And this is what happens with Jacob. He wrestles God till the morning. And I really want to talk to somebody in here today who's wrestling with some things, like wrestling with a decision. Got some big things on your plate. Like if you're a college student, you're questioning, is this really what I want to do? Is this really the person I want to spend my life with? Wrestling with it. 
Or maybe you're in your career and you're having second thoughts about it and you're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or some things going on at home. Or a relationship with your son or your daughter. Just wrestling with it. That's the people that I want to talk to today. I want to talk to some people who are wrestling with some anxiety. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost scary to say it because, like, if you say it, then it's true. It's already true before you say it, y'all. You know what I'm saying? If you're struggling with it, you're struggling with it. There ain't no other way to say it. And I look at this wrestling match that Jacob is having with God, and I'm trying to learn some things from it. And one of the things I see is that Jacob, he's desperate. And he's in this place, and it's the second time that God is appearing to him. And why is this happening to him again? And you've asked that. Why is this happening to me again? Why am I going through this? And I thought about this. It's better to wrestle with God than to run from him. Because Jacob could have just took off. Because the pressure was so great. You know what I'm saying? I'll just take off and start over. Forget all this mess. I'm out. I'll just start over. But he stayed in there, and he began to wrestle with God. And I, I do believe, by the way, God let him win. I'm struggling with it, but I think God let him win. And he touches his hip and knocks it out of socket. And now Jacob's walking with a limp. And everybody can see it. He's about to go meet his brother, and he may fight him because he hadn't seen him in a while, and he's going to show up at a place to meet his brother, and he may walk in there limping. Like, think of that. This, this, it's like, are you kidding me? You ever had that moment in your life? Are you kidding me? This is going to happen now? Like, break my leg after a while. Not right now. I got things to do. And I just started thinking about some things that we're limping with in our lives. We're wrestling, but we're also limping. Limping with um, things from our childhood that happened. It hurt us, and we've been walking with a limp ever since. Um, things that happened in our marriage that hurt us, that's causing us to limp. Things that happen at work. And, and we used to walk pretty strong. You know what I'm saying? feeling good about it now it's just like oh man I don't feel like I used to feel and this ain't like it used to be and we just feel like we're limping along friendships man we used to run man boy we used to run get the boys together we used to run son and now I don't know we don't run like we used to just different I think people came to church limping today. Limping because of something that hurts you. Limping because you're overwhelmed, because you're worried. So I started thinking, what are some reasons that we limp? Now, don't worry, we're going to get to the winning, but we got to go through the limping first, okay? Usually people limp because they've been hurt by something. Seriously. Hurt by something or someone. It's an injury, and it's affected your walk. And we've all, we've all gone through it, where something happened that hurt us, maybe even physically, or in a relationship, something emotionally, it hit us, and now it's kind of affected how we walk. 
We don't, we don't, we don't go into those relationships as quick as we used to. Can I say it that way? We're a, little, we're a little slower with it. We don't jump at the opportunities like we used to. I'm there, baby. I'm there. Now it's like, huh, let me see what's going on here. We've got to calculate it a little bit more because we've been hurting. We've been hurt by something or someone. And the message that I want to give to you today is this. If you've been hurt by someone or something, I truly believe that God wants to touch you and heal you. I really believe that, that God wants to touch you and heal you. And I know how generic this can sound. But I need you to get past the cliche version of a message and truly hear what I'm telling you. That if you are wounded and you are walking with a limp because something has hurt you, God can touch your life and heal you. And I'm not just saying that so you can hear me. I'm speaking that into your life so that you can believe me. Amen? You can believe that God can touch your life and bring healing to it. That's one of the reasons that we're limping. We've been hurt. Another reason that we're limping is because we've sat for too long. Sitting for too long. And some of you who are younger, you don't know about this. You start getting older. You sit too long. You get up and you're like, oh, oh. Hmm. I saw a college kid do this the other day, so I don't even feel bad about it. Got up really quick out of a chair and they're like, oh, hmm, yeah. I was like, welcome. Let's go. And you laugh, but hold on, baby, it's coming. You're sitting too long. Been, been just sitting for so long, we're not used to moving at that pace. Been sitting for so long because we needed comfort. And that comfort really evolved into something else. And I really want to be kind in this message, but I'm going to tell you, it evolves into laziness. And so when it's time to get moving, it's time to go after it. We can't move like we used to, and we're limping. And because we're limping, we're thinking something is wrong. Oh, that's not what I need to do because I wouldn't feel this way if that's what God wanted me to do. That's not what God asked for me because surely it wouldn't feel like this. No, it's probably because we've been sitting for so long and we're not used to moving. We're not used to pursuing anything. And when it's time to get up and get going, I can't, I can't move. I've been sitting too long. Here's another reason. We're limping because we're carrying something heavy. You ever seen someone carry something heavy? They don't just walk normal. They got it on this side and they're walking like this. Because it's heavy. I'm carrying something. Don't make fun of the way I walk. This is heavy. If you were carrying it, you would limp too. We're limping because we're hurt. But God can touch it. He can heal it. We're limping because we've been sitting too long. But God can touch you and nudge you. We're carrying something heavy, and it's because God's put something in you. He's put something in you, and I'll say it like this. He's also put something on you. And some of the weight that you're carrying, you're mad about, but you want it so bad. And you're walking and you're limping a little bit. God knew you can carry it. So watch this. We all need God's touch in our life. Amen? Come on. Do you need it? 
God will wrestle with you so he can touch you. If that's the point of contact, he will wrestle with you. Because if everything's keeping you busy, everything's keeping you away, everything is keeping you occupied that you can't get to God, he will come and personally wrestle with you so that he can touch your life. To finally prove to you that he has always been there, that he has always been for you, and heck, he's always been with you. He will do it. God will pick a fight with you. And some of you are like, I don't like this, Pastor Wade. This is violent. This is graphic. We need to get the kids out of here. I want to tell you, God will fight with you because he loves you so much. And the day that a relationship loses its fight is the day that it's over. Amen? Some of you are fighting right now. And you're like, I don't like it. You better be thankful that you're still fighting. Because if you ain't fighting, somebody's leaving. I went to church today and Pastor Wade told us to fight. (laughs) But here's what I need you to see. Okay, this is huge. After God touched Jacob, he walked differently. He walked differently. When God touches your life, he changes your life. And you're not the same anymore. And God touches him and now he's walking differently. You can hear about God. You can learn about God. But the touch of God changes you. The touch of God changes your life. And too many times we are training ourselves to walk in the world's ways. We're walking and talking and acting just like the world. Trying to follow them to the very thing that does not and will not lead us to what God has for us. And God himself will intervene and he will fight with you even during the church service. He will start messing with you even during the church service to try to get you back on track. It ain't because he's mad and it's not condemnation. It's called love and it's called the correction of a father who wants you to get it. He's got it for you he's been storing it up for you but we've been running around walking this way when he said it's time to turn around and come this way it's time to walk differently with your life so we need a touch from God so that we can walk differently and so watch this when you look at Jacob and you see that now he's walking with a limp you see it as a handicap because it was like he was fine before this and now look at him he's walking with a limp but that handicap that's what it looks like to you but it's really the reality of God's hand that was on his life and every time he takes a step because this is what I've learned everything God wants you to do it's a step what next Lord take another step What now? Take another step. Every time he takes a step, it's a reminder that God's hand was on his life. Yeah. It's a limp. But the limp reminds me, God's touching me. The limp is reminding me that God is touching me. It became proof that God's hand was on his life and I think about Jacob he's limping because he's carrying something he didn't know what he was looking for 
But God told him, many descendants will come from you. A whole entire nation will come to you. In fact, I'm going to change your name from Jacob. And I'm going to name you Israel. I'm going to give you the name of a nation. Because you got a nation in you. That explains some things. No wonder he was walking like that. He's carrying something we didn't realize he was carrying. He was carrying the weight of God's purpose. He was carrying the weight of the blessing. But the way everybody else looks at it, it looks like a burden. That's what it looks like. This doesn't look like blessing. That looks like burden. But for Jacob, this is what he's been fighting for and wrestling for all his life. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know where it was. Thought he could steal it. Thought he could beg, borrow, and deal. But he didn't know. Only God could give it to him until he wrestled with God. And then God touched him. And now he's carrying something. Many of you, the limp that you're walking with, the stress. Have you ever thought that maybe it's because God put something in you? Maybe it's not all that stuff that you think it is. Maybe it's actually what God's put in you. That's just heavy. And what's interesting is you've tried to have conversations and you walk away and it's almost like they don't understand. Not putting them down. It's just I'm trying to tell them, but they don't get it. They give me the generic stuff. It's going to be all right. Have faith in God. Walk by faith, not by sight. I know all that stuff. I know, I know. But when you're carrying something, just pressure, right? All over. Pressure on your mind, pressure on your soul perhaps it's causing you to walk different maybe it's slowing you down I know but when you look at this story Jacob was limping but when he started limping guess what he started winning I started to show the video Years ago, there was a quarterback that played for Marshall, University of Marshall, Byron Lefwich, offensive coordinator now for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And when he was in college, he was on a game-winning drive. And he went the whole drive with a broken leg. You go on YouTube and watch it. It's impressive. And this guy limping around back there, commanding the offense, dropping back the throw and the broken leg still planting that foot and making the throws. And they win in games, man. This guy was playing with a, with a limp. But he was winning. I think there's a lot more people in this room today that are walking with a limp and you're winning. This past summer, Judah, my 18-year-old son, broke his ankle going into his senior year for football. 
super excited, man. Breaks his ankle, got to have surgery, has the surgery. Comes out, they got him in a boot. He's walking with a limp. It's devastating to see him on the sideline during a football game, watching all his friends play, knowing he wants to be out there. Started his rehab and was so intentional about getting back, but the doctors told him, we don't think you're going to make it back for the season. Remember that, Judah? Man, Cynthia and I cried. You know, your kid's senior year, watching him at rehab with Michael, Kroom, and Angela, just trying everything, get him back, get him back, and watching him just work, do the pain, putting all the different rubs you could put on that leg. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Give me the biofreeze. What's that? Give me that organic stuff. Give me that, what is it, motor oil? Let's try it. Just spray it. I don't care. Just put anything on it at this point. I'm serious. It was all those things. I remember his first Friday night, he dressed out. Coach, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And we were watching him in warm-ups. Running his routes. They're throwing the ball to him. And he's just trying everything he can. Didn't play a whole lot. Next week, just trying some more. And rehab got more intense. And he's just, just limping, man. Just trying everything. Just limping. And in your mind, you begin to think, man, there it goes. Senior, there it goes. Kept rehabbing. Finally, what was it, Judah, last game, Gadsden County? Goes in the game, they throw the ball to him, he makes the catch. Still limping a little bit, but he's running. Two weeks in a row. Two Saturdays in a row. Track meet. Because now he's running track. Last week he was running 100. Finished second in his heat. And uh, we videoed it. And Cynthia was showing it to Elijah. And Elijah watched it. And Elijah was like, man. He's running like before he was hurt. And we didn't even recognize it. I feel terrible even saying that, babe. Yesterday he ran again. Just the speed is picking up. And I started to think about this. When does the winning start? Does it start when he's not limping, or did it start even while he was limping? See, that's why I got to talk to you about wrestling. Because when you're limping, you're wrestling just to get somewhere. You're wrestling just to go. And so many times because of the pain, we want to quit because it's too much. And we're letting the pain talk to us too much and telling us you can't and you won't. But when there's something that God's put in you, 
Come on, somebody. When there's something that God's put in you, you're willing to walk a little bit with a limp because you say, I'm not going out like this. I'm not going down like this. I'm going to keep going even if it hurts a little bit, even if I'm tired a little bit because right now y'all see me limping, but I'm going to be running because something in me propels me to keep going and I can't go out like this. I can't go down like this. I can't let the family fall apart. I can't quit like this. There's something in me that makes me want to just keep going. I'm limping, but I'm winning. And I may have not crossed the finish line yet, but I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming there. Right now it looks a little bit more, but hold on because you haven't seen me yet. I'm wrestling with it. I'm wrestling with the pain. I'm wrestling with the past. I'm wrestling with all the things. But if you just hold on, there's something in me that's bigger than all these things that has happened to me. I'm coming, y'all. I'm coming. I'm coming out of this thing because I'm winning. Because I'm winning. And there's too many people that are settling and they're throwing in the towel and they're quitting. And I'm going to use a strong word. It's not just quitting, it's losing. And I love you enough to tell you that because you're not meant to lose. You were meant to win. And what God's put in you is bigger than what you're coming against. So when I tell you today that Jesus wants to touch your life, He wants to touch your life so He can change your life. But you're going to walk differently. You're going to walk differently. I realize this. Jesus walked with a limp. Yep. Because he was carrying something up a hill. He was carrying a cross up a hill. And it wasn't just that wooden cross that was so heavy. It was the weight of all of our sins. He was literally carrying you and me. And all of the weight of all of us, all of the world was on him. And he was limping because he was going somewhere. He was limping. In fact, he fell a couple of times because it was so heavy. The weight of it was so heavy, he fell. And so they recruited someone to come and finish carrying the cross for him to get it up to the top. And sometimes the things that you got to carry, God will use it to carry you. And so now this guy comes and carried up the hill. And you can't tell me that Jesus just jumped up and walked up there like, let's do this. No. He was still limping because he was beaten and he was bruised and he was ripped apart. Abused because of our sin. And he limped to get up there. And what looked like defeat to so many was actually victory. Because when they nailed him on that cross and they raised him up, and he said, it's finished. To so many, it looked like defeat. But to you and I, it was victory. It was victory over sin. I'm limping, but I'm winning. He was limping up, but he was busy winning the battle. And I just got to minister to some people today that are limping. 
Because I believe God wants to touch your life today. You've been trying to diagnose it. You've been trying to figure it out, what's causing it. Let's cut this out. Let's move that. And there are some places for all those things in our life. But perhaps the very thing isn't all those tasks, isn't all of your calendar. Perhaps it's something that's in you, something that you're limping from, something that's hurt you, something that you're carrying, or maybe you've just been sitting too long. And today the Lord is just touching you. touch of the Father is powerful. The touch of the Father is so powerful. And today I believe God wants to touch you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you're sitting in that seat today, maybe you've been limping. Maybe you've just been wrestling and fighting. And you say, Pastor Wade, I need the touch of God. I need God to touch my life today. I just want you to simply get out of your seat. And I want you to come stand right up here at the front. And I just want to put my hand on you and pray for you. That's all I want to do. But if you're limping and you say, I need the touch of God. I'm struggling. Maybe maybe it's something that hurt you years ago. Maybe it's something with your health. Maybe it's something that you've been going through. Or maybe you feel like the weight of the world is all on you and it's too heavy. It's too much. I don't know how much more I can take of this. Perhaps it's all of these different things combined together and it's a burden for you now. It, the, the weight of the decision is so heavy. You just like don't feel like doing anything with any of it. It's like we're going to take a whole different route. But you know the route that you're supposed to go. You know the things that you're supposed to do. You know it. God's already spoke it to you. But it's heavy and it's hard and you find yourself limping. You find yourself trying to make it another step. To make it another day. You're limping but I'm telling you you're limping up here to the altar but you're winning. You're limping but you're winning. I I'm declaring it over your life today. You're limping, but you're winning. You're limping, but you're winning. Maybe financially, you're limping, but you're winning because you're still working. You're still trying. You're still believing. You're still praying. Maybe emotionally, it's been too much. You're limping, but you're still going. You could have threw in the towel. You could have quit, but you're still going. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is limping and you're fighting. There's a part of you that's ashamed about it. Maybe it's a relationship with your child and you're fighting. But you're trying to figure out how to make that thing right. You're trying to figure out which angle to approach it, how to have the conversation. You're limping, you're wrestling, but you're trying to find a way to win it. The touch of the Father today. Can some of the prayer team come and help me and just put a hand on these shoulders and up here today? Some of the small group leaders that have led small groups before, would you come and just help me? Just put a hand on the shoulder. Just put a hand on the shoulder. I want the rest of you to stand. Just stretch your hand towards them. You, you, you know how, how much courage it takes to come and do this? You know how many thoughts are running through their mind? On the way down, people are going to think this, people are going to think that. But they know, i got to get there. i got to meet with God. I, I need the touch of the Father. I don't care what you think anymore. I need the Father. Lord, every person down here today, 
I ask you to touch them, Father. I ask you to touch them. And I ask you to heal them. Father, you know where it was hurt. You know where it happened. You know. 